1: odyssey celebrates the class of 2024 brought to you by team mobile you can count on team mobile to help you stay connected on america's largest 5g network
0: Battle it out on the field to determine an individual player champion through an innovative scoring system that rewards both team success and personal play in which every moment counts. With each game day as a doubleheader, you get tremendous value, with tickets starting as low as $18 for both games. In addition to watching the best pro softball on the field, there are also great fan experiences, including giveaways, post-game autographs, activities on the field, and more. So go to AUProsports.com to learn more about Athletes Unlimited AUX softball. And buy your seats today. That's auprosports.com.
1: C4abc.com for details. It's official. You're ready for summer. But what about your old, worn out AC system? Don't sweat it. With ABC, help is just around the corner. And for a limited time, when you buy a new AC, you get a furnace free. That's right. Buy one, get one free, only from ABC. But don't wait. The best offer of the year won't last long. Call the knowledgeable professionals at ABC Today to get the job done right. Trust ABC Plumbing, Sewer Heating, Cooling, and Electric and consider it done.
3: It's a Townstone Financial Mortgage Monday. You'll never get second guessed after using Townstone for your home purchase, refinance, or reverse mortgage. Guaranteed great rates and low closing costs. Townstone.com.
1: This is the official radio home of the Chicago Cubs. Every game here on Sports Radio six seventy the score, broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios. Presented to you in part by your local Hyundai dealers. WSCR Chicago, WBMX HD two Chicago, and always live on the Free Odyssey app. The
2: score. score. No, I was just. It just happened so, everything happened so quick, yeah. Everything happened so quick. I, I, I want to CG more than anything, to be honest with you. That's kind of why I put as much work as I do, and just to go out there and go seven, eight, nine innings. So I did definitely think I could have went out there for
4: the ninth, but Mark was great. Mark's been throwing the ball incredible. And, yeah, I think Rossi made a great decision there to, to go with Mark.
1: It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station.
5: That was Marcus Stroman after his start against the New York Mets, where he went eight innings, gave up four hits, two earned runs, three strikeouts, gave the said CG, and they were talking about wanting a complete game, but he tipped his cap to Mark Leiter Jr., who came in in that game in particular, uh, got the save uh, with one strikeout, throwing the, throwing the ninth there. Uh, but, of course, I mean, asking you shall receive, Mr. Marcus Stroman. Shout out to you, bro. Very next game comes out and throws a gem. I mean, his last three starts, three victories, throwing six, eight, and nine innings pitched respectively, giving up three, four, and one hits respectively. Uh, earned runs one, two, zero, and then strikeouts four, three, eight. It's impressive. He's only given up five homers all year, and three of them were in one game against the Dodgers. So you take that out of there. He's only given up two. Pretty good, man. So, again, the question we're asking here on 670, the score is, you know, Cubs' reactions, reactions to the game, reactions to Stroman's complete game shutout, one hitting the best team, best record in Major League Baseball in the Tampa Bay Rays. Thoughts on that? And then, you know, obviously he has the ability to opt out of his contract this year. So, if you were to re-sign him, how many years would you be willing to give him? He's 32 years old. Just turned 32 May 1st. Uh, Let's go out to Paul and Valpo. Paul, I mean, you know, we talked to, you know, Joe. He said, trade him. We got some other people opposed to that. You know, if you got a guy who wants to be here and he has top of the rotation stuff, then give him the money. Uh, What say you?
2: I say
3: kind of play it in between here. I mean, they've got a little time here before the trade deadline. Uh, Like you said, he is going to be a rental, though, because he will most likely opt out. But I think he wants to be here, and that um, I think it works both ways, you know. He's only probably averages about seven and a half strikeouts per night. He's not today he at eight, but I mean, he's not a big strikeout pitcher. You know that the Cubs with Swanson and Horner and half locked in along with guys like Pre Crow Armstrong coming up are going to play great defense. They're going to have good athletes out there. So, he loves to pitch at Wrigley. Obviously, he's been successful, so I definitely would love to keep him, but I think they have to have some talks about an extension, and that goes to your, your point, three, four years, maybe go bigger money like they did with the first contract, you know, three, four years at twenty-two to $25 million, but we can see how these guys can fall off when it gets to that age 33, 34, 35. I know he's a great athlete. He obviously keeps himself in great shape, but I think you got to talk extension, and if they're not willing to talk extension – maybe you do look at trading him. You can get, even though he's a rental, you can get some stuff back for him. And, you know, I just don't feel comfortable waiting for him to opt out and go to free agency, and then they've got to bid against every other team.
5: Yeah, when you, when you talk about leaving him or keeping him here maybe extending him out, I mean, so you feel or, – or excuse me, I'm sorry, uh, with the possibility of trading him. So you feel good about guys like Smiley, um, you know, what, 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 the Bull, or what the Cubs have uh, in their starting rotation right now?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, again, like you said, I mean, you can kind of be fooled by the five games back. I mean, because of the division, I mean, I think if you get closer to the trade trade deadline and the Cubs get back closer to 500 and they're still in that, you know, it's a winnable division, I definitely, I definitely think he'd keep it. But like I said, I think they can play it both ways. I think they can talk to his agent, you know, behind the scenes and see if he's willing to take an extension and just extend them before he is able to opt out. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if I necessarily feel super comfortable with guys like Smiley. I think he's having a great year. But, I mean, I think he's got one more. He may have a club option, I think, um, you know, at the end of this year as well. So, I don't think he's probably long-term. Like a couple of previous callers said, your guys are going to be Brown, Wicks, some of those minor league pitchers that are that are going to come up that are hopefully have more swing and miss stuff. I mean, they've seen one of the biggest things I think that's hurt the Cubs is too many you know, pitch to contact guys. Reds just kept hitting the ball into the outfield and hit them where they ain't. And I think that's kind of one of the things that's really kind of hurt the Cubs the last couple of weeks in this in this downtrend is they don't have a lot of guys that can strike batters out. So I definitely want to keep them. But like I said, if they're not willing to look into an extension and he wants to opt out and just and just play the field, I think they might have to take a look at trading them.
5: I love it, man. Thanks for the call, Paul. Really appreciate Thanks that much. one. And and I want to go back to some of the points that you made here. You know, first and foremost, you know, seven and a half Ks per nine innings. I mean, geez, I I know you said that's not great. In in the grand scheme of, like, the greatest, the great strikeout pitchers, you know, every year, that that might be low. But seven and a half sounds decent to me, (laughs) to be honest. Uh, But he is a ground ball pitcher, Paul, right? That's what we do know. So, you know, you mentioned the defense of the Chicago Cubs. I think that's why they were comfortable having a guy like Stroman here, you know, with, with, with Horner and Swanson, you know, playing up the middle. You know, and Bellinger right there, you know, you feel good about you know, that that combo, so that that's good. And then, you know, you brought up the, the fall-off that some athletes have at age 33, 34, and it's real. I've been there. I remember waking up on my 34th birthday and thinking to myself, oh, no, <laughs> going to play basketball and being like, what was that, right? And, of course, I'm not in the, in, in the shape that these guys are in. But, you know, Marcus Stroman talked about it uh, about a week and a half ago. He talked about the fact that he said, I'm a great athlete. I'm not just a great baseball player I'm a great athlete uh when I think they were asking him about you know that little jump throw he had off the mound the other day and and he was referencing the fact that you know he is that so he keeps his body in shape he he can he can hit his hit his spots you know so again it, it, it begs the question do the Cubs circle back on the deal that they did with him initially the three year 71 million dollar deal and the do they just, you know, give them a raise. Give them a little bit of a raise, but give them the fourth year in the, in the form of a team option and get them right around like 90-something million. I mean, think, damn, that's something that maybe somebody can do. Uh, but we are taking your phone calls again. Gabe Ramirez here on Memorial Day, live and local right after the Cubs take down the Tampa Bay Rays, one nothing. The reason we're talking so much about Marcus Stroman is because he pitched a gem today. Nine innings, complete game, shutout. Only gave up one hit. Um, and just have... He, he made the city happy today, and you love guys like that. That's what Marcus Stroman did. And we're taking your calls. Thoughts on the Chicago Cubs? Thoughts on Marcus Stroman? Um, again, he, he has the ability to opt out. How long would you be willing to give him? How much money would you be willing to give Stro? Uh, let's go to let's go to Taylor out in South Bend. Taylor, what thoughts on Marcus Stroman today?
0: Pay, pay the man. Pay <laughs> the man. Wait, 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 Taylor, Taylor, wait, wait. But 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 yeah. if, he,
5: if he throws a dud next game, are you going to be saying the same thing?
0: <laughs> I, you know what? Every, yeah, it don't matter. Pay hey, the man, the dude's a specimen, Gabe. Let's let's talk about the intangibles here. The guy's obviously in great shape. He's an athlete. He said, he said it last week he's a shortstop, and the guy can play anywhere on the infield if you needed him to. But but he's a specimen. He has leadership. He's vocal. It's what you're getting in the in the dugout, in the clubhouse, things that people don't see. The dude's obviously threw a gem today. Kudos, man! What a game! Would have loved to be there. But the dude is an absolute specimen. Focusing on, on his body, he's meditating. He's got a you know just an internal machine of a body. Pay hey, the man. We just signed Tyone, four years, sixty-eight million. He hasn't showed up this year. None of your other callers have talked about Tyone yet. We got him for another three years on top of this year. I mean, you got a guy. You got a guy like Strowman. Who can command the zone? We don't need we don't need high heat all the time now. If you got command, Kyle, Kyle Hendricks is a obvious example of that. I mean, look at those three. The next you know, couple years. I say three years is great. I like the fourth year for, for an option. I just don't see this guy falling apart in the next three years based on the way he's built, based on his mental game, the strength he's got, and I like the leadership in the clubhouse, man. I think that's something that. These young guys can learn from. You see, if you're watching interactions on Twitter, him and Steele are back and forth. I mean, the guys just got the energy and the vibe. And this city needs someone like Strowman in that in that rotation. I just think it's it's a no-brainer in my opinion.
5: Thanks for the call, Taylor. Really appreciate it. Uh, and I love the passion. I love the energy. It's 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 equivalent to that of Marcus Strowman. But you're right. I mean, look. The reality is this. I mean, uh, what Cubs fans that have been calling, what they have said is, "You want to like this is who you go out and sign a guy like Marcus Stroman, a guy who who feeds off the crowd." This is what he said. This is the this is how I get my energy. This is this is how I get up for these games. And what better place to be pitching than at Wrigley Field? If you feed off of energy, if you feed off excitement, I was just talking about this yesterday, and some <laughs> a couple people were tweeting me. I said, you know how sometimes you have sounds to fall asleep to, you know, the rainforest, you know, you get uh, waves crashing. I said they should make a, a Spotify channel about Cubs fans in the stadium. It sounds beautiful. Such informed fans. I know we, I know, you know, we as Chicagoans give Cubs fans some crap sometimes at the games and that they're drinking. That's partially true, but that's why it's funny because it's there's some truth to it. But there's also also truth to the fact that. Cubs fans are extremely intelligent. I was talking to Matt Spiegel the other day. He told me he went to the game, showed up a little bit late, asked the guy next to him, you know, what happened in the first inning. The guy turned around and had his score sheet there. Like, that's how in the, these fans are. And so when you're thinking about the sounds, when you're thinking about the energy, you've been to Wrigley. You know what that looks like on a, on a day like today, Memorial Day. Nobody got to work. It's 1 o'clock, sun's sun, shining. Marcus Stroman's feeding off of all of that. But you also brought up some other great points, Taylor. You know, he talked about his leadership. He talked about him being a, a vocal leader. He also talked about Jamison Tyone. Great point. It just signed him to a four-year, $68 million deal. Still have, has three more years left. He's a year younger than Marcus Stroman. So if next year you're paying Jamison Tyone $18 million, <laughs> What? What are you supposed to be paying Marcus Stroman then? Right? That's, a, that, that's where you raise your eyebrows and you're like, oh, maybe 23 is my, might be too low. Maybe if he, if he stays on this streak, he's going to be like, God, you got to pay me more than that. But that's why you look for that extension so that that way you don't have to, you know, bid against other people out there. It's a great point. Jameson Tyone. My God, three more years? If Cubs fans are complaining about him right now in year one, what are they going oh, my goodness. Could be a bad one. But uh, you got to you gotta give out the money, certainly, in some other ways. Got a couple more minutes before we go to break. Let's go to one of our favorites, Bob in Arlington Heights. So, Bob, when you look at Marcus Stroman and the trajectory that he's on right now, um, what does that look like over the course of a season To you? To,
4: to me, it looks like you do what you can to keep him – uh, as I told your producer, um, you know, you know me. I'm not the, I'm not Pollyanna, but I look at today, and I said, okay. And my my wife and I were driving at the end of the game, and I said, you know, if I'm on the if I'm on the score instead of Gabe coming out of the game, I'm going to start the discussion with this. Discuss amongst yourselves: is today an inflection point or is this the blind squirrel blind squirrel finding its occasional acorn (laughs) and by blind squirrel I am not referring to Marcus Stroman I'm referring to the 2023 Cubs and so I'm saying you do what you can to keep Stroman and I'm gonna temper the glee but I am so happy that Stroman had the performance he did today and as happy that the Cubs were able to emerge victorious from that. But that's tempered by the fact that the only run we put on the board was largely the result of Tampa's infielder throwing the ball into the camera well and um, Suzuki doing some good base running. So, you know, again, I remain optimistic but cautiously optimistic Uh, You know, I would like to, I really would like to think today marks the inflection point and there's nowhere but up from here, but you and I both know that's not going to be the case. This is going to be a (laughs) bumpy road. So we do what we can to keep Strowman, and hope that Smiley, you know, reverts more to what we've seen of him and the same thing with Steele and hope that. We see more. We got to see more out of um, Taon and hope that Wisniewski works it out in Iowa. So, and and okay, if if he can, and if Hendricks works things out, then you know somewhere along the line we got to pick up some reliable relievers. So you know that's a long-winded answer to your question, but you know I'm not going to touch David Ross today. I'm not going to throw more kerosene on the bullpen fire. But, you know, let's take today and hope that, you know, with respect to Stroman, they do what they can to keep him on the team.
5: I love it. Bob, thanks for the call. Appreciate you calling in again. Got a chance to speak to Bob yesterday. Had some great stuff. That's where the kerosene was flying, on the bullpen and David Ross. Uh, But he brings up a great point. I am talking about Marcus Stroman specifically, and he's talking about the Chicago Cubs as a whole. And I'll point to one record before I go to break, that if the Cubs are, if this is supposed to be that point for the Cubs, and I think any team that's below 500 looks to a victory as a moment that can change the trajectory of a team. The Cubs are 9-15 and on the road. I want to let that just sink in and let it live for a second. A game under 500 at home. and on the road. That is the least amount of victories in the National League right now. So, you know, if you're looking for a place for them to perform at a higher level, it's it's on the road. Run differential, still positive. Still putting up a ton of runs. Um, It's just finding those victories away from Wrigley. Uh, If they can do a little bit of that, then they might put themselves in a better position uh, to be competing wholeheartedly for the NL Central. All right. Uh, gonna switch teams for a second. Sox taking on the Angels today. Uh, gonna be a good one there, and we get to talk to Josh Nelson from Sox Machine after the break. Is let's see, Sox win three straight series, and then drop three out of four to the Detroit Tigers. Is it a is it a matter of the White Sox playing down to their competition? Why can't they get up for games like that? A series, a special series. Uh, that they most certainly needed, despite the fact that they had won three in a row. Uh, why can't they get up for games like that? It seems like they always disappoint, the same way that Bob in Arlington Heights was talking about the Cubs not being able to do it as well. Both teams seem to be in that space. But what does Josh Nelson have to say uh, about the latest four-game set versus the Tigers, and what does he think will happen today against the Los Angeles Angels? We'll talk to him after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez on Memorial Day here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. A lot of excitement around the
3: ballpark and around the club uh, today and having Liam Hendricks activated off the I.L. uh, Truly a testament to his hard work and commitment, the fact that we're even having this conversation in in May. It's
1: Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in
5: Odyssey Station. The song says return to the map, but we're talking about return to the closer, return to the slider. That's what we'll say. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670. The score, of course. The White Sox taking on the Los Angeles Angels today at 7.10 p.m. Uh, that one's going to be – people are going to try to see Kim Michael Kopech, you know, have a nice repeat performance. He'll be going up against Griffin Canning today. Uh, so we'll get a chance to see that a little later. But we do get to talk White Sox baseball right now. Something I'm excited about. He's host of the Sox Machine podcast, part of the Blue Wire Pods network. Um, of course, you always hear him with Bernsey and Holmes here on 670 to score and occasional Layla in there as well. He joins us now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. It's Josh Nelson. Josh, what's up, man?
2: It's uh, It's going, Gabe. I'm just very happy that summer has finally arrived to Chicago. I was getting tired of going to the ballpark when it was 50 degrees or below it's nice to have a beautiful night for some baseball.
5: There is nothing like an April baseball game where you're wearing your winter clothes and you're saying
1: this <laughs>
2: no. just does not
5: feel right, uh, Josh. But today is going to be a good one, and you know I think the number one story is you know right, before we get to Kopech, right? Let's just talk about this this last set against the Tigers. Were, were you were you surprised or was this sort of business as usual to you?
2: Well, I was surprised on just how the last two games ended in which the White Sox offense is sputtering again, especially on the road. They are not a good offense on the road, but they found a way late in the game, especially in the seventh inning in both the Saturday and Sunday game to take the lead with some big hits. and some big innings. And unfortunately, on Saturday, Joe Kelly can't hold the lead and he's been on fire. And then on Sunday, Luis Robert and Tim Anderson have defensive misplays. And you just kind of look around and it's like, well, if Joe Kelly can't hold down the fort on Saturday, and if you can't trust Luis Robert and Tim Anderson defensively to make the big necessary plays, who can you trust? And this is kind of where the White Sox are right now at 22 and 33. Yeah, they don't have a lot of depth and the players on the margins are not playing all that great, but they really do need their star players to step up. There was an opportunity to not only split that series, Gabe, but to win that series. And I don't know if you've been checking the scores, but Jose Altuve just hit a grand slam against the Minnesota Twins. I think it is very likely there will be no teams in the American League Central with a winning record to start on June 1st. (laughs) So that's the only reason why the White Sox were even having this discussion of any type of hope for the White Sox is because we might be witnessing one of the worst division races in Major League Baseball history, especially since the wild card expansion in the mid-90s. And that's why the White Sox are still in this race, because Los Angeles the Angels, the team that they're playing today, the Angels are six and a half games back at Texas in first place. But if the Angels were in the American League Central, they would be leading the division <laughs> because they're 28 and 26. That's that's why our life is different right now for the Angels and for the White Sox entering this series. So you got to flush the series away from a White Sox perspective from Detroit. But there are some painful lessons here. Like Joe Kelly's not perfect. But Tim Anderson and Luis Robert do need to elevate their play, and soon. It seemed like
5: a really catchable ball, too, right, Josh? I mean, he's he's, he's playing towards the second base side, and he's veering into left field, and it seemed like just that seemed like a routine play. Good read off the bat, got there, timed it out perfectly, and just couldn't squeeze it. And you saw the look in Tim's face afterwards, and it was just like, damn. Uh, It's almost like he was anticipating – the fan base and 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 the media just coming down on him in that moment. But you're absolutely right. You have to make plays like that if you're Tim Anderson. If you're Luis Robert, you have to make those plays. Joe Kelly, and I know that you know some of the guys love him here, but he does have that uh that blah-like mentality. It seems as though that's the case when he's on the on the mound. Very Jake Cutler-esque, where he's just like, Yeah, whatever. I gave up a run, <laughs> whatever. I shut him down, I struck out three. Whatever, he has that same place. But that brings me to my next question, which is even if TA is playing at, you know, an above average level, let's call it, if Luis Robert is continuing to be himself, being that five two player, if Joe Kelly is coming in and being an above average, not a great, but an above average reliever, and all these things are happening for the White Sox, are they, I mean, I know it's a bad division. But are they even still reaching 500 with all that they have? Because it seems like we've been putting that expectation on them, but it just hasn't come to fruition.
2: That's a great question, Gabe. And I don't know, like, and I'm being honest, because as a team, the Chicago White Sox have the worst on-base percentage in Major League Baseball. As a team, their OBP is 296. They're hitting just 238. So suddenly, one of the biggest complaints we had last year about the offense is that they lack power. They were just punchless. Sure, they got a bunch of base hits, but it was singles. You're not even seeing that. And on top of not seeing the singles, they're not walking a whole lot. And when the White Sox do score, it's these big innings, which is exciting, where they'll score three, four, five runs in an inning. Shoot, in Cincinnati, I think they scored ten plus runs in an inning. But then they'll go like. Four straight innings not having a base runner on. Like, it's very boom or bust type of offense right now. And they're maddeningly inconsistent. Like, they're consistently inconsistent. That's the best way I could describe the White Sox offense right now. So, even if Tim Anderson and Luis Robert played up to their levels, is it at a high enough level that could carry this offense and carry this load that they could help support the White Sox pitchers? I don't know. I would hope so because right now they are performing as in one of the worst offenses in major league baseball. And that's something that we were not expecting coming into the season. And the bull kind of still trying to fix their issues. The starting pitching has been getting better for the white Sox, And I know Rick Hahn spoke to the media today and he says that Memorial day is too soon to have conversations about tearing the team down. Well, Rick, your (laughs) team is, your, your team is 10 and 22 against teams outside of the American League Central this year, Gabe, 40 of the next 43 games for the White Sox are against teams outside of the division. Like, do the math. If, if you think it's too soon, I get it. You're not going to start making trades in late May, early June. But if this team does not vastly improve against teams outside of the American League Central, they will decide your fate before we get to July.
5: That's very true. And when you're looking at, you know, just even outside of, of of uh, of guaranteed rate, 10 and 20 on the road, right? And he's not, not playing particularly well there. You brought up a great one when it comes to the walks, Josh, because, you know, I had Chuck Garfine on yesterday, and he that's exactly what he said. He's like, the, you know, the walks, Gabe, like, they got to get on base. The OEP's terrible. I mean, looking at some of the guys, I mean, listen, you got Andrew Vaughn leading the team in walks, but he has 18 and 202 at bats. Right, yeah. Like that? That's <laughs> so it's very bad. You know, when you're looking at some of the other guys, you know, obviously Ta was out for a little bit, but eight walks and 150 at bats. You know, uh, Jake Berger seven in 120. So you're looking at some of the guys that you know, you know, whether you're talking about Tim or or Jake, you know, guys that are getting you know a significant amount of at bats. But you know, you're swinging away, and and Ta, you know, obviously we know he's not eclipsing that 300 mark where he's typically at. But yeah, it's it's, it's guys are going up there. What, what's the approach? for the Chicago White Sox when they're in this space. So, you know, run something that they need to come by, being better outside of the AL Central, something they most certainly need to get better at. Um, but it seems as though, outside of a, 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 a Giolito Gio outlier, that the pitching staff has at least um, turned around as of late. We've seen Lance Lynn give some some great performances. Uh, Dylan Cease didn't seem like he had it yesterday. Oh, let's let's live here for a second before we – I, I want to stick in the pitching and I want to get to Kopech in a second. But did you see in the second inning when uh, Katz came out to talk to Dylan Cease? (laughs) And it looked like Dylan Cease wanted no part of it. Like, zero zero (laughs) eye contact. It was in the middle of the at-bat. Like, it just didn't seem like it was the right moment to go out there. I think Cease himself knew that he didn't have his best stuff yesterday. Um, What did you think of his performance in that interaction, Josh?
2: Well, I mean, with the interaction, I can understand that, Ethan, it's a, it's a bit early for you to come out here. Like I'm not in too much hot water, but like a pitching coach scolding Cease and letting him know that, hey, you're not doing this right. And Cease is probably thinking, I know I'm not doing this right. Give me some time. Cease's fastball is problematic. And during the broadcast, even Steve Stone mentioned it, that it just seems at times that Cease was afraid to throw his slider for a strike. So when you got a problematic fastball and you don't want to throw the slider in the strike zone, yeah, you're gonna run into some problems. You're gonna run into some walk issues. You're gonna run into some command issues. You're not gonna go deep into the game. I don't know what happened to his fastball. I really don't. But I had the same doubts and questions about Michael Kopech's fastball, and he's made an adjustment in his last two starts, and he's been electric. And I think that's where it starts for Dylan Cease as far as for him to make the readjustment is being able to better spot the fastball. Once he can do that and opposing batters are now afraid that that fastball is in the strike zone, then the slider plays up. And he likes throwing the slider. I mean, last year he threw the slider more than he did the fastball. But I just don't – I don't get a good feeling from Dylan Cease, even from watching him or listening to him speak, Gabe, that he doesn't know what is his dependable pitch if he needs a strike. If it's a 3-2 count, what pitch is Cease going to throw to get that batter out? And if it is the slider, is he hoping that he throws it out of the zone and they chase it? Because if that's your strategy, man, the walk issue is going to continue on. So this is something that we're going to have to be watching for Cease's next start, which is going to be against Detroit again, but this time at home. And let's see what adjustments Cease makes. It's it's fascinating because if you put in the tape and you put in the film, Cease against the Houston Astros, dominant, fantastic film. Without a doubt. Everybody else, everybody else problematic, red flags, what is going on, what happened <laughs> from the game plan against Houston. So I, I think you just need to go back to that and maybe just challenging hitters more frequently break zone of if you hit it far, you hit it far. But uh, he's got to live more in the zone.
5: And maybe that's what uh, Katz was telling uh, Cease, in that moment. Like, hey, man, your stuff's great. Just just attack them. Let them beat you. Let your defense play the game. Sometimes guys are doing that, but uh, we'll never know what they were they were saying there. Today, though, uh, we do know that um, Michael Kopeck will be on the bump for the White Sox today. And you think, like, him and, you know, Giolito, Lance Lynn, those three guys in particular – when they have a start, you really do not know what you're going to get. You can hope for the best, but but there there is mm-hmm. that level of uncertainty there. So when it comes to this game against the Angels, obviously putting a, a, a powerful lineup out there, uh, what are your expectations for Kopech in this game?
2: That's a great question, Gabe. And I'll have baseball savannah on my phone while watching the game in person tonight. I'm going to be paying attention to the fastball. The fastball has done wonders for Michael Kopech. He is generating... Incredible whiff rates on the foreseen fastball. He's regaining velocity readings that we have not seen since 2021 when he was pitching out of the bullpen. And can this strategy work? It has worked tremendously against Kansas City. It worked tremendously against Cleveland. Attack, 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 attack up in the strike zone against those bottom five offenses. They had a terrible time against the fastball. And once the hitters are starting to look up in the strike zone. Sebby Zavala, the White Sox catcher, would call for sliders to the bottom part. And even, even though he throws like a dozen, 15 sliders out of his 100 pitches in the game, they're now even more effective because everyone's looking up in the zone for this mid- to upper-90s fastball, and here's this sharp slider that catches him off guard and he gets easy strikeouts. Does this strategy work when you're facing Shohei Otani and Mike Trout? That is what we're going to find out tonight for Michael Kopech because the competition level dramatically increases around, especially those two batters. And I, I'm really interested to see what he can do against Otani and Trout because, again, the fastball has been fantastic. And I think when you have that type of tail and when you got these types of spin rates, he's throwing the fastball with more spin than his slider. And you're hitting 95, 97 miles per hour in the upper part of the strike zone. That's tough for any hitter in Major League Baseball, no matter the quality of the player. So that's what I'm going to be fascinated to see, if he can continue to hit those spots and to see what Trout and Otani can do. If he can shut down those two, Kopech could have another great night.
5: Yeah, and of course, you know, for a lefty, that that high fastball with some tail on there, it's uh, even more difficult to get to. So it'll be interesting. You're right. Something we all want to be paying attention to. Uh, We're talking to Josh Nelson from Sox Machine Podcast here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabriel Ramirez. Uh, of course, you can also hear him on Burnsian Holmes here on the Score as well. Uh, before you get out, we got to talk about Liam Hendricks. You know, just to read a quote from Pedro Griffo says, uh, "We're going to make sure that his comeback uh, is that he's ready to go uh, to be the Liam Hendricks that we all want him to be and that he wants himself to be." Uh, that from uh, manager Pedro Griffo right there, Josh. You know, when you think about Liam Hendricks, you heard Ozzie Guillen say, "Man, I wouldn't even put him." You know, at his first outing in a, in a high leverage situation, you know, maybe, you know, hopefully the the game will be out of hand at that point. They can get like an eighth inning in or something like that. What would your approach be to uh, working in a guy like Liam Hendricks, knowing knowing that he wants to go in there in a three two game against the Angels in the ninth inning? That's what he that's
2: what he wants. Right, and I I agree with Ozzy. That's the approach that I would take as well. Is try to find the most low leverage situation as possible. I maybe would even wait until the eighth or ninth inning. Uh, if Kopech, let's say, is awesome tonight and the White Sox score like five runs against Griffin Canning and it's 5 to nothing going into the eighth inning, then, yeah, I'm trotting out Hendricks. And the reason I'm trotting out Hendricks at that moment is we need to see the adrenaline get raised for Hendricks and see where his fastball and slider are at stat-cast-wise. Because when he was in Charlotte, he was maxing out a fastball velocity at 95 miles per hour. That's fine against AAA hitters because they're gonna have a terrible time against Liam Hendricks, but that's not Liam Hendricks back at 100%. 100% Liam Hendricks is throwing 97, 98, and we need to see on how long it's gonna take him to ramp up and what kind of energy level, what kind of situations gets him back to being 100%. It's still an amazing story. I mean, this guy fought off stage four cancer, went through chemotherapy. There's not many human beings on planet Earth that can go through what he has gone through and throw a baseball 95 miles per hour. But this is the major leagues, and if his velocity is down, will that put him into trouble? We don't know yet. So this is what we're all kind of bracing for. Everyone's going to be excited when Hendricks makes his first entrance of the 2023 season. But then everyone's going to be holding their breath to see what exactly, what form Liam Hendricks is currently in for the White Sox. So I'm with Ozzy. Try to find the most low-leverage situation possible. And let's say things don't go well tonight and the White Sox are down by five runs late. I would still throw out Hendricks tonight just to get him into the game, break off that rust, and see where his metrics are at with the pitches so the next time he has a bullpen session with Ethan Katz, they can understand what adjustments he needs to make.
5: And that's something that we're certainly going to be looking at and can't wait to see, uh, to be very honest. Josh... Appreciate you hanging out with me on Memorial Day. Hopefully you got a, you were able to get a hot dog or a burger somewhere.
2: <laughs> I, got, I did get a burger, and I'll be making my way to the game here momentarily, but it's always a blast, Gabe. Thank you so much for having me on.
5: Love it, man. Josh Nelson, make sure you guys follow him on Twitter, at SoxMachine underscore Josh. It's always good to talk to people that are passionate about either team in Chicago, right, the Cubs or the Sox, because – you know, they have the insights, right? It's one thing to say, oh, a guy did well today. But, you know, we had some callers that were talking about Strowman and, you know, maybe getting out of a couple of jams that he shouldn't have. You got Josh Nelson calling in, you know, really breaking down the success and, and what was hindering, you know, Dylan Cease. And same thing for Kopech, so it's it's a blast to have him. Make sure you follow him, Sox Machine underscore Josh on Twitter. All right, it's Gabriel Ramirez here for 670 to score. Uh, let's open the phone lines again. Talk some baseball. If you have any thoughts on the White Sox dropping three out of four, what are your expectations for this upcoming set against the Angels? Are you expecting Kopech to have a a repeat performance? Or, I don't know, are you like me and you're just a tainted Sox fan and you assume the worst? I said, I I was on with Mully on Thursday. He said it. Sox would lose three out of four. I said Sox would split. I think, uh... I think Dustin said that, that that they would win. That's just it's frustrating. Anyway, 67-67. two, six forty-four, sixty-seven sixty-seven. Gonna take uh phone calls on both teams. Of course, Cubs uh beating the race today, one nothing behind Marcus Stroman. Taking your thoughts on uh that game, on Stroman himself, and then of course my Sox fans that are out there. Uh, what do you think is gonna happen? Uh, in this three-game set versus the Angels. We'll take your calls after the break. Again, three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. It's Gabe Ramirez here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the
6: score. Needed that. Big-time performance from a big-time pitcher. I mean, what do you say about Stro? right? I mean, the, the story's there, putting us on his back. Really good team, really good offense. Um, you know, making pitches from the jump, weak contact, ground balls, in and out. I thought him and Tucker had a really nice rhythm to the game today, a lot of early count swings and and that big ground ball there uh in the seventh was huge uh, to get that double play it was nice so all, all around um you know just a really good performance by him
1: it's gabe ramirez on 670 the score and on 670
5: the in odyssey station ross you gotta chill with the breathing into the microphone bro sheesh i can't do it Hold on, let me take this mic cover off it's annoying. <laughs> You heavy breathers, bro. You know it's a, you know, he's a heavy breather? And I'm only saying this because he's my boy. We're going to get to some more Rossi postgame in just a second. Clay Harbor, former NFL vet, friend of the station. I've done a couple shows with him. And I'll be talking. <laughs> He'll be in the microphone breathing hard. And I'll be like, yo, <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make a point here. And now you're breathing. Shout out to my guy, Clay Harbor, man. One of the best. Uh, always got great content on his Twitter. Make sure you guys follow him, all right? Um, but Rossi talking about the man, the myth, the legend today, Marcus Stroman. Cubs take down the Tampa Bay Rays, one nothing. Marcus Stroman throwing a complete game shutout, only giving up one hit. Uh, Cubs, I mean, did did get the victory, you know, off of a sack fly uh, in the fourth, Sayers Suzuki coming in. But, you know, you could say the Rays three hit the Cubs. You know what I mean? This could, you know. Thank God you got an awesome performance by Marcus Stroman, but you know people were people have been complaining. If I would ever go back and read some of these uh, text messages that that have come in about Rossi and the lineup construction, they were seven seven three. Miles Mastroboni is a guy like Ryan Terrio. He'll be on the team as a defensive replacement and a contact bat off the bench from the left side. He's supposed to do it, uh, but fill in for Bellinger and be a productive lefty bat off the bench as the fourth outfielder. Urgh. Urgh. Somebody else from the 815. Just throwing shade. Listen, we as Chicago baseball fans need to appreciate the victories. Cubs were projected to win 78 games this year. You only got around 78 times to be happy. You're going to be complaining about 80 something times. So, so when you get a victory, just enjoy it, especially one like this from the 815. The Rays played a crazy game against the Dodgers yesterday, and then had to travel. Good game for Stroman, but let's put this in perspective. It's like, bro, like, bro, what did you? What do you want him to do? They have the best record in Major League Baseball. Every team travels; they'll be all right. Skip Stroman is props in the present. Uh, Rossi continued to talk about um, Marcus Stroman and. You know, we played some audio a second ago after his eight-inning performance against the Mets and and tipping his cap to to Mark Leiter Jr. and saying, hey, man, I understand why I got taken out of the game. You know, Mark threw a great night. He's been pitching well. Um, so, of course, David Ross, you know, left with the, the option of, of leaving him in or not. And this is what he said in regards
6: to doing just that. The best moves I make are when I stay out of it. You know what I mean? Like, don't give anybody pep talks. Wait, wait, stop that, stop that. I don't, we're not in the business of that.
5: 58 EO, 58 EO, pull that up again. Oh, no, don't make that be a clip, Rossi, because people are going to come after you for this one.
6: The best moves I make are when I stay out of it. You know what I mean? Like, don't give anybody pep talks. Um, I don't, we're not in the business of that. You, You let your best players go out and perform. You know, he did that today uh he knows these guys know the bullpen guys know when they're um scuffling or you know the guys have thrown three out of four and and maybe a little bit sore but they say hey i know the bullpen's short like these guys you know we're in it every day i know it may not seem that way like guys just go out and and you know don't know what's going on but they they, they've got a really good idea
5: yeah sometimes you do that and you got to be mindful of who you are doing it with You know. You, 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 you take a guy like Nico Horner out of the top of the order and you put in Master Boney. You think you're doing what's best for both of them, but maybe you should have just stayed out of it. Left Nico at the top. You know, Strowman is a guy, though, without question, who feels the confidence from his coach, feels the confidence from the defense behind him, feels the energy from the crowd. And so you allow him to live in that space so he can perform at a high level, and that's exactly what he did, making a great play in the ninth, and then securing the one nothing victory against the best team in Major League Baseball right now. You cannot just let that go. You just got swept by the Reds. Then you come in, and you have a masterful performance by Marcus Stroman. Love it. And speaking of Stroman, we're gonna play some clips from his post game. I love, I love what he had to say. I I genuinely do. I love what he had to say because. You know, coming off a performance like this, you love guys that can tip their cap to everyone else. Signs of a great leader. So what who did Marcus Stroman credit um, this performance to? We'll take a listen to his post-game reaction uh, after the break. Do not go anywhere. It is Gabe Ramirez here on Memorial Day with a Marcus Stroman post-game coming up after the break. Don't go anywhere. It's Chicago Sports Radio. 670, the score.
0: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four.
1: Donchich. The step back three. You bitch. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes,
2: and even right podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
1: Odyssey celebrates Father's Day brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.